You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Test Match Reaction Special on the Attacking Scrum Podcast. The Lions overcome a pretty drab first half performance to put away the Springboks in the second half in a a unique test, to say the very least. Uh, we had, a, a, in my opinion, one of the all-time best ever Lions performances from Courtney Laws. I thought he was stunning. And I know another man who thought exactly the same who's developed a, an almighty man crush on him, and that's Dan Killick. How are you, Dan? I'm well, thanks, Jed. Yeah, Courtney Laws. I used to I used to quite dislike him because he used to leather the, the smallest guys on the park, but he, he, he leathers everyone now. So, yeah, I, I adore him. Yeah, you were, you were just putting yourself in that, in that position of being one of those outside halves, taking the ball above your head and getting clattered by him, as he, as he did for many years. But that was, yeah, that was a... A monumental performance. Uh, we've also we've also got Yestin with us. How are you, Yestin? Yeah, I'm joining uh, Dan on the on that uh, man crush. If <laughs> if so, he's he's not short of um, he's not short of male attention. Uh, Courtney Laws. I, I I was really surprised that he didn't get man of the match. To be honest, I, I am honestly. Um, I, I thought like Itoji was the official man of the match, right? And he yeah. was excellent. He was absolutely excellent as well. Uh, but I thought, I honestly thought Laws, it, it, for me, it was like Warburton in that second test in 2013. It was like Scott Gibbs in 97. It was, you know, whatever whatever the other whatever the other examples are. It was just Herculean effort, I thought, in a, in a strange, strange game. Um, We'll have to. Me- there was, uh, we'll have- there <laughs> was just to just to go on the Atojo thing. There was one moment that I just thought was golden from him, uh, which had nothing to do with 
the rugby. It was early on in the game and the referee uh, warned the Lions uh, forwards to stay behind the back foot on a ruck that South Africa had won. And Itoje raised his thumb and smiled at the referee. And I just thought, if I had Evan Etzebeth or <laughs> Mostert or Stefan, you know, or Tatoit or anybody coming round the corner at me in about 0.7 seconds, the last thing I'd be doing was raising a thumb to the referee. And I, and I just thought that was a beautiful moment of him kind of going, yeah, I know I'm a bit, you know, I've got this rep, but I'm going to be charm and and calm um, in the face of adversity. So that was a that was a beautiful little cameo moment of his. Yeah, I, th- I thought his performance actually, and obviously we'll get we'll get stuck into all of this. But the critics of Marotoji have you know have said, oh, he gives away far too many penalties and stuff like this. And yesterday was just the example of when he's on the right side of the ref. And again, there were some of those penalties. I thought the turnover on on our own five-meter line that he got, which was a crucial point in the game, was really what I thought was their penalty. I didn't think he was supporting his own body weight, but it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it, yeah. it is about about what you get away with, the way you play. And he did uh, he did that brilliantly yesterday, played right to the line. I thought that was, you know, that was a hugely important thing. We have to say a quick, uh, a quick mention to the mighty Murph before we get underway. We were hoping to have a full house of all four of us represented here but Murph's had to pull out a bit like Wynn Jones uh just prior to just prior to kick off but we will uh have no shortage of uh, of things to talk about as we go on we've also got a few listeners questions as well so stick with us for the next hour or so we've got loads of reactions to the first test and of course we'll be previewing the second test something you and I were chatting about Dan though before we came on air is literally as soon as you logged into this into this zoom meeting you said it feels like a lion's tour now um talk me talk me through that because you got you got super excited yesterday didn't you yeah i did yeah i mean before before yesterday it didn't really it didn't really feel like a you know like a lion's tour to me for you know i guess a number of reasons but yeah yesterday i well i had a good build-up actually i went to um uh, that rugby pass event down at london welsh on thursday where uh, there was a panel of Stephen Ferris, Jamie Roberts, Andy Good, and Jim Hamilton. Uh, so that sort of built, you know, started to started to get everything going down at a rugby club as well. Then I went to watch the game actually in Richmond mm. with a group of friends in a in a pub. So in an environment where there were other people, and it just felt it felt good. You know, it felt like a Lions tour. It really did. I think that's that's the thing for me is I. I've never. I, 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 this this is going to sound awful, and I know I sound like the ghost at the feast, and I have done all year, but I just didn't get excited the whole time. It's so weird. I've never felt not excited about a Lions or a Wales win. I think for me, and because that sounds like you're being, you know, this isn't me being glib on the players and saying that you know they didn't put a huge amount of effort in. And it wasn't a big test match. I honestly just think the lack of fans, having gone through sport without fans, then having it back and you know, having certain amount of rugby with, with some fans in there. Then you've witnessed the Euros and all that and you see how much fans add to an occasion. It just reminded me the whole time. Like when I sat the telly on, I was like, that this isn't a this doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a Lions like a Lions test. And 
and I felt that I felt that throughout the game as well, which is really uh, I don't know I don't know whether that just says something about me or it's just that um, yeah it's just that it's not clicking. What, what, do, what do you think, Justin? I wonder whether um, the whole situation with it, it, it impacted the commentary as well. I think mm. as well it, it doesn't. There's no real rising of the atmosphere or the peaks and troughs of excitement or the uh, those moments of panic when uh, either team is defending on its own line. Situations like that are quite. Uh, I'll seem less tense because of the lack of crowd noise. Um, I, think, I think in particular. I, I, so, and I think it impacts, yeah, and I just think it impacts on their, on the way that the, the game is commentated. Mm. I think in particular, like you think back to that moment, like when, um, when Am absolutely nailed Daly early on and you just think you can imagine what the, the box section of the crowd would have done if they were, you know, if they were in there and, it just gives that that intensity to a test match, and and like I say, I, I don't know if it's just the the fact that we've now experienced sport with fans back in that I, I don't know if I just kept dreaming about what it what it could have been rather than enjoying the moment, which isn't you know, which uh, which which isn't great. But I think like Dan said, like maybe if I'd have watched it in a pub with people where there's an atmosphere being generated in the surroundings that you're in, perhaps it would have perhaps it would have been a bit different. But I don't know. That's I think that's a big part of it, isn't it? Because the Lions is, it is as much about the fact, you know, it's so much about the fans, isn't it? That if you can get somewhere where you are with with others, if it if it's safe, um, it just takes you to slightly more to that place where, where you know, where you need to be. Um, and you can have a little chat as well. And because it's not the same, is it? It just, it just isn't. But you can, it's probably, that's as close as we're going to get to it is to get into a rugby club or, or, a, or a, you know, get a group together, mm. really. What, what, did, what did it feel like, Dan? Did it feel like previous uh, Lions tours that you might have spent time in? Did it feel exactly the same? Uh, no, being it, in the pub? it didn't feel exactly the same. No, it was it was subdued, um, but it just felt, I suppose, a lot better than it had felt, you know, in the, you know, in the in the earlier warm up games. But I mean, where I, you know, my starting point was obviously very, very low. So it felt, you know, it felt a lot better. Um, but um, before that, I must admit, I was, you know, it was pretty flat for me. So anything was going to feel good. But I had a good week, you know, with going down to London Welsh beforehand, which and then that provided a bit of a catalyst. And then and then to going out on, on the Saturday. So it just lifted it for me. I, I spent more time sort of swatting up, not swatting up, but I watched the 97 official video uh, on Amazon the night before to try and get myself in the mood, as it were. Oh, brilliant. Um, and it, you know, it's hardly the revelation of 97, you know, it's not, it's, um, you know, 2017, you know, it's, it's, the, it's a lot more sanitized, mm. isn't it? Than that, that, than living with the lions, but there were there were still insights, and it did make it did make you think about a couple of comments I've heard on um, on podcasts today. Um, listening back to people's opinions about the game, about say Khaleesi's huge influence mm. off the pitch and his, the way that he galvanizes 
the rest of the team, even if his own performance isn't necessarily up, up to up to his own high standards, that he had to be there in order to galvanize everybody else. And there were little things like that that you realized that that it, it, that also I just think it gives you a, a lot more insight into Gatlin's way of he's very much like a CEO of a company, mm. isn't he? Oh it? he's, he's yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's ruthless and it's calculated and I don't know, it's there's just no room for any emotion in any of his decision-making, I think. And- no, and even during the game, he's saying, almost as if pointedly saying, well, why didn't he catch it, pass it, and beat the man? Mm. You know, almost like going, looking over to Rob, to Rob Howley, almost like, why haven't you sorted that, that out? You know, he, he's kind of free of that individual burden mm. that, that most coaches would probably take on board. And Gatland appears to be immune to that feeling that that's that's my responsibility or it's my fault he very much allowed all the, the other coaches to be in charge of their particular discipline and I wonder whether that's the same now I, I can only imagine that's his style and that's the way he works and that's that's how it was yesterday you know yeah it's really interesting Justin you say about that you know he he comes across like a CEO. He really does, doesn't he? That that businessman like approach, or um, you know, to the to the game, no emotion, just literally looks. You know, he's so pragmatic, isn't it? And I thought yesterday was, you know, it was it was a Gatlin. It was it, it was one nil to Gatlin, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, he, uh, it was it was super. I mean, let, let's let's put aside my um my misery and just general uh general melancholia for a while because. Performance-wise, I mean, it was it was a really really odd test match because I t- I texted you at half time down. I was like, we're getting munched in the scrum, we're getting done at the breakdown. And second half, South Africa couldn't could not lay a finger on the Lions. I think Warburton mentioned it on commentary, and he was just like, keep hold of the ball, and they will give away penalties. And they gave away penalty after penalty after penalty. And I think that it just shows, yeah, it was a bold team selection from Gatland. I think there probably will be a few changes and we'll get onto that in the second half. But, you know, it worked. And South Africa, you know, emptied the bet, well, emptied, brought on a new front row at half time and it didn't, it didn't have any positive impact on the game. And I think that the more the, the more the second half went on, the more you, I, I never felt, I, once, once the Lions took the lead, I was like, yeah, I didn't really feel that nervous about it. I was just like, I think, I think they're going to win this. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I found, Looking back, at the time, obviously, the when they said the front row, you know, the, the bomb squad are on, um, you thought, oh, God, it, you know, they, they, if they get the first points of the second half, then it is going to be game over. And I <clears throat> I was quite, I was, I'd actually, out of all of my sort of a bunch of friends, I was the only one who picked the box to win. And... Uh, it was a similar score line, but I predicted it to the box. Yeah. And uh, I thought that's what was going to, that's how it was going to play out. I was pretty confident that that's how it was turning out. But uh, in retrospect, it looks like they knew that they were going to be, they were going to blow up hugely in the last 20 and that that the Lions were going to, 
finished the game much stronger than they were going to for obvious reasons because they hadn't played and hadn't played together very much um, and had players on the pitch who were not match not match ready if they might have been match fit mm. and that they just were going to go right we almost it would be stupid to say that it was a, a panicked move but putting those three on straight on in the second half meant that they I think if they felt that if, if they could score six more points with no answer that the game was they were far enough ahead to to close the game out and it was just that was the gamble they took and like you said that's why you have to give the praise to mm. Gatland to, and and the other coaches for transforming that for allowing you know from making the lines come out of the traps really quickly in the second half but that's how it that's how the it, South Africa were definitely that's how they were looking at the game because they knew they weren't going to be they weren't going to be dominant in the last from minute 60 to minute 80 so they gambled and they lost i think i said when we when we chatted after the south africa a game that it was they they just looked like a boxer who had gone really hard for eight rounds and been completely dominant but were then blowing and had punched themselves out and exactly the same thing happened yesterday you know if maybe not eight rounds six rounds you know they they were all over the lines in the first half and then they did they didn't have the they didn't have not even just the fitness but it was like how do you change the game plan slightly and they they didn't have any other tactic really other than and and to be fair we, you know we should point out that i think they were a bit unlucky with a couple of refereeing decisions you could have said that maybe their try was a was a knock on i don't think we saw enough of that um but then also the i'm not i'm not particularly convinced that he was in front of the kicker for the disallowed try but I also thought it was a forward pass like it was just a bit of a mad game in terms mm. of decisions but so you know things things could very easily have gone the other way but it, it was the classic David Coleman game of two halves Lions utterly dominant in the second South Africa utterly dominant in the first and it was you know it was the Lions who finished strongest and, and got over the line anything else you noticed Dan from um, you know from like a a coaching selection point of view that that really stood out. Um, well, I, I, I guess just generally, I did think it was um, it was masterminded beautifully by you know by Gatland and and the coaches. I just think he will be thinking, you know, I've I've done them there, and I keep on coming back to Gatland, but it almost like over the players, which doesn't seem quite right, but it just seemed like it was just it had Gatland all over it. I think. Um, the fact of bringing Alan Wynne Jones into the into the side and having his sort of leadership, his um, his sort of sharpness, just the way in which he he goes about his business with the ref, and he, it, it was, I think it's it was just brilliant, you know that 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 side of it. And Itoji, quite rightly, has got a lot of the headlines, but. Alan Wynne Jones did so much stuff in that game um, to compliment Itoji and let him let him do what he does. That um, I just think again, it's uh, it's another. You know, got to tip your hat again to Gatland for put it, put in putting Alan Wynne Jones in there because it was it was it was a gamble, wasn't it? But it probably was a gamble, really. 
but boy, did it come off, you know? To go back to the CEO point, you know, only three weeks ago, he'd made Conor Murray captain and then doesn't select him to start. You know, and we said the, the main reason he was selected as captain, or one of perhaps one of the reasons he was selected as captain, because he was very much a favourite to start in his position. And again, that says something about Gatlin's ability to look and pick ruthlessly and just say, actually, Price is the form nine. I've seen enough. I'm going with him. And I'm bringing Alan Wynne-Jones back in. I know I know he'll be ready. I know here's what he's, he's, uh, he's capable of doing. And again, I think that selection, like we said, is, is the biggest thing when it comes to, when it comes to being a, an international head coach. And, you know, ultimately you can say he got it right. I was a bit worried about that selection, as I think a lot of people were. But, you know, the, the only yeah, thing... Yeah, I think you were right to be, you know... It was sensible to be worried as well, wasn't it? It was a big call, but again, he made he, he got you know he got that call right, and I think also the substitutions that Gatlin made were, you know, the 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 forwards in particular then made a made a big impact, didn't they? South Africa got theirs wrong, as as you know, you and Yeston alluded to, and and, um, and the Lions got 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 their subs right the thing that if you if we go through the gambles so you go well it was it wasn't a gamble but it i guess it was to a certain extent because you could have started with mako was he if you just do you think he got the gamble right with with rory no. sutherland no he got he got stuffed in the scrum okay he's, i think he had a difficult he day. had a difficult day and he's a fine talent but yeah, I think like we said, you know, the the early scrums were going to be the ones that mattered. Strangely, their strongest scrummages coming off the bench didn't quite have the impact that that we anticipated. But I just felt like Mako, and I know because we had a bit of a debate over over WhatsApp, didn't we, about it? And because Mako has had times where he struggled at the scrum, at scrum time, but he's also just got so much big match test match experience that that's why I would have favoured him after Win Jones, you know, after Win Jones pulled out. But he made a massive yeah. impact off the bench and, and, and did a great job. So that okay. one I would say didn't get right. What about um Luke Cowan-Dickey? Was that was that a gamble that paid Not, sure. Not gamble, yeah. but it was a it's a it was a contentious selection. I I thought he had quite a tough uh a tough game. I thought that he um he missed a couple of tackles where I think they'd, they'd probably be watching the tapes where, you know, he goes very, very low. The South Africans te- like leapt over him um, and a couple of, couple of the lineouts were, were off as well. And I know we talked, we've talked about the scrummaging side of things before. Who, who, who knows? You know, I'm not a front row specialist. I don't think any of us are. I um, thought you were Dan. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> um but he, it was a difficult, difficult day for him, wasn't he? But he took, he showed, he took the he try. Showed, well, yeah, he? he showed what we know he's very, very good at. You know, he's very, very good at that um, opportunistic so, stuff. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know so whether that one um, paid off or not, really. We're we're all in, but we're all in agreement that Alan the Allen Win experiments worked. Yeah, I I I didn't think he perhaps had his most. Um, eye-catching performance, but I think, like you were saying about Sia Kalise yesterday, that it's just the the calmness that it brings. You know, if the Lions had gone in with that much of a deficit at half time, with Murray leading them, or anyone anyone leading them for that matter, I don't I don't think that it would have. You could want anyone 
better to keep you calm in that scenario than Alan Wynne Jones, or to give you a kick up the arse, or whatever it is that you need. And I think that that's where that you know that that captaincy really really helps. And it, yeah, so I think I think that one paid off. He was you know he's solid seven out of ten for me, but um, the 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 leadership is what is what made it a gamble that paid off. Okay. Um... It's quite a lot. You realise just how many, how many, bold, how many rolling the dice you did. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're both, we're all three of us are in agreement about laws that that was a gamble that definitely paid off. Oh yeah. Um, what what definitely. about what about Conan? I wouldn't be surprised to see Toby come in for Conan. But again, I obviously have famously Toby shaded glasses on, um, but. You know, I thought I I don't I don't think he did any I don't think he did anything wrong. There was a couple of decent bits, got through plenty of work. Uh, I just I don't I don't know. I just think that Topi's world class. Still, I was watching um, some Squidge rugby analysis, just looking back to you know almost before the matches started about you know how how they're going how the lines are going to play. Mm. You know, and they. Um, and it was interesting, you know, Falatau comes into every single thing because he just says, well, because he's Falatau. <laughs> and, he, and he doesn't ever do anything ever wrong. Um, Strangely, just while we're on that, though, thinking back, you know, because we all obviously think of Toby as a, as a real Gatland favourite, right? But you think back to 2013, he picked he slip over him in two tests, I think. Obviously, 2017 was different. He played all, he played all three, but again didn't perhaps have that competition there because Billy Vanapola was injured was he I think I think he was injured did he just did he just decide he didn't couldn't be bothered no that was this year Um, that was no the broken (laughs) he had a broken arm I I think yeah I think he missed 2017 through injury so I don't know maybe maybe he's just not quite the he's not quite the the Gatland favorite that but again, this is CEO Gatland, isn't it? This is it. You know, it's yeah. It's what's the you know what does the, what does the business need? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Tom, Ali Ali slash Tommy Price was uh, was a, a a bone of contention on the WhatsApp group. Uh, I thought I thought it was well worth the gamble personally, and I if if nothing else but he threw a dive pass that was reminiscent of Gareth Edwards at his finest um not Rupert Moon you know much as I love Rupert Moon you know his dive passes tend to just go end end <laughs> over end to the outside half uh and hit him at the hit hit the outside half's knees um it was I thought he was I thought he was tidy but um you know without the criticism that he's come into is that he didn't he didn't harry or hassle uh Fafta clerk enough but i i wonder whether that was an instruction um in a way i don't i don't know i i, I can't imagine that he naturally would have said uh you know i'm not you know i'm not going to go near him um yeah. whether they just said let 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 curry Knock him about. You take this. You take this one first, Dan. Ali slash Tommy Price. What do you? What did you make of that as a selection? And, and did it pay? Off? Yeah. Also on this, I, I actually don't know his name anymore because I'm so. Like, I just have to go with Price because it's so 
the pods I call complete. him Tommy. I call him Tommy. Tommy Price. People yeah. just keep on picking me I mean, up. He on doesn't it. look like a Tommy either, does he? Like he doesn't look like a Tommy Price. I don't know. It's just fantastic. He sounds like one well, now. He's Tommy, Tommy Price. To yeah. Me, yeah. Well, to- yeah, I thought Tommy Price. I thought he had a a decent game, and I, I could see that um, uh, there seems to be mixed opinion on him. I think you know Faf had a had a, had a decent game. I thought I think it's difficult to get near him yesterday. And the pack, you know, their pack was so on top in the first, you know, in the first half that I, I, I think he did well. You know, I, I think he, you know, it was a big, big game for him. And I thought his service was uh, was was zippy at times, not not always, but at times. And his kicking um, was on point. And his his link up play with through the kicks with uh, Van der Merwe was spot on. and Yeah, particularly defensively, wasn't it? Those, all, yes. those awful kick, defensive kicks where you see a box kick from the 22 and you just go, oh, I don't yeah. like the look of this. And they came off, didn't they? More often they, than not. They did, yeah. And, and his the way in which he was totally in tune with uh, with his teammates, you know, Van der Merwe, meant that we really won that battle. And if he got that wrong, it's such fine margins, if he got that wrong with those... With with you know the attacking prowess of their back three, it could have been good night. So, all in all, I thought he had a he had a decent he had a very decent game really. What about you, Jed? I thought in the first half he found it a big step up. That's the biggest game he's ever played in, and I think it kind of showed. He got snagged a couple of times. What really impressed me was how he wasn't phased. And I think that, you know, he made he made some errors in that first half. But Dan's right, there was some good service at times, and the game hinged on a box kick that that he put in at the start of the second half that South Africa misjudged. And from there on in, it was a different game. And then Murray comes off the bench and does the same things. He's obviously a, the box kicking is the best, you know, it was one of the biggest assets that, that Murray has. It's always, it's always easier wearing 21 than it is nine. It just is. You yeah. know what I mean? How often have we said that about Wales, whether the, you know, the replacement nine has come on and, and we got, oh, he's got to start next week. He's got to start next week. I, I thought Price had, it was by no means a flawless performance, but it also there were point there were points in there that you know were really quite admirable. I ultimately I think he has something about him. I think he has a, a strong sense of belief, and he seems like someone who has the mentality to 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 keep playing. So again, I, I don't know whether you know whether whether Gatlin's seen something like that in him as well. But even though he made a few mistakes, he didn't look phased. Okay, next up, I would say the the, the next contentious one would be um, Elliot Daly at 13. I was a big fan of it, but it didn't work. <laughs> and neither is Dan's dog, by the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, he's chipping in with or, his comments Or, or Dan's stomach, whichever one that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Daly... <sighs> I really wanted it to work. I don't think it worked, but I think that we, that was partly to do, to do with how the Lions played, really. Yeah, I, um, I don't think it was his fault, but how many times did he have the ball no. 30 metres behind the gain line and then tried to dart inside and, you know, and got munched by someone? It was, it was hard. Yeah. It was a hard ask. But I think it was, yeah, the way in which we played meant that it was going to be difficult for him. And also, he hasn't played in, I don't think he's played with. Uh, uh, that's a, that's a brand new centre partnership, isn't fact, it? As that's, well? That was so, the only combination who had played together on this tour. Oh, they that have, was it, they? yeah. But again, not yeah. One one outing. 
every other combination, yeah. back three, uh, half-backs, back row, second row, front row, none of whom had played together on tour. Yeah, it was. I thought it was. A, he, we de- he definitely had a, had a difficult game, didn't he? Um, but he he stuck. He, he stuck in there, and and that's. I think he got marginally better as the you know as the game as the game went on, and I think that looking at the game back, there was a couple of moments where if the offload, if the pass had gone to him, he could have got on the outside. It didn't happen, and so. Watching it back, there is enough there to see why Gatland, Gatland picked him. Dog doesn't agree. Gatland picked him at 30, but um, it didn't. Uh, it ultimately didn't work, did it? On the on the on the day. Yeah, I don't think it did. But again, much like Price, I thought that you know Dale gave away two daft penalties um, that it would be very easy to chastise him for. But I thought he got better as the game went on, and you know, and, and again, it was more donkey work than it was than it was, you know, anything particularly flash. So, you know, that that actually is the thing that I think that all the all the players and the coaching staff should be proud of is they did not get phased by the fact that South Africa are that far away. They didn't start doing anything particularly stupid and stuck to the game plan and and they they out arm wrestled South Africa, which is a very, very hard thing to do. And, you know, and and fair play to Daly. I, I thought he was going to be that little bit of class in the back line that gave that gave it, you know, the odd try scoring opportunity or the the odd breakout and nothing. It didn't quite work out that way, but he, again, he wasn't phased by the mistakes that he made and and you know stuck it out to to grind out the victory. Yeah, the, again, referring back to Squid Rugby after the A game, there was an analysis that they that this super super deep lying thing is a way of Peter Steftertide. Uh, of drawing him in almost like uh, basically Elliot Daly is bait acts as bait for um, to take him out of the game and so you're you're hoping that Daly gets the ball and it manages to distribute it Mm. while getting smashed by one of the most uh, vibrant flankers in world rugby um, and he just basically takes one for the team in order for them to get to that famed edge. Um, but it didn't work because they didn't really play that game, did they, in any no, way? No, and there was no real way. fluid back play to speak of, was there? I wouldn't say. No, and I, yeah, so we can talk about how that pans out for next week. But I'd like to, so ne- ne- next up, I, so Van der Merwe, what what's your big thumbs up big thumbs up for me thought you know just in a hard game to to shine to shine in i thought that he he did what he's done all tour and he's just so sodding hard to put down um yeah i don't know i thought i thought he i thought he out of all of those gambles he was probably the one that um that impressed me the most, I would say. I, well, apart from right. Laws, if we yeah, if we're calling yeah. Laws a gamble, um, then then you know it's it's obviously Laws. But you know, in terms of the inexperienced players out there, I thought I thought he I thought he did a he did a really good job. I could see Liam starting next week, strangely, but I I just do I do think he did a he did a, a sterling putting a sterling performance down. I I was concerned about him starting when uh, when he was named because of his 
because of his defence, I, I had a feeling that he was going to get turned and potentially made to look a little bit silly. But I, 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 I think I've been made to look silly, really. I thought he had a, a great game. And it started for me with Bigger's, you know, in the first five minutes when Bigger got the ball and put up an almighty up and under. And uh, Van der Merwe was, was after it, wasn't he? And got on top of Colby, which I think knocked his, knocked his confidence, actually. He was right up, wasn't he? And um, it sort of set the tone from there. And he was, in, he, was, he was a nuisance, wasn't he? He was into everything. He got a couple of vital tap backs, big hits. Um, and, and really contributed to a number of game-changing moments, really. So, I, for me, it was it was another great call by Gatland, and um, he's got to start next week for that. I tell you what, they they say that we're like you know obviously we're the attacking scrum, and it's you know good Welsh boys with a healthy healthy bias, shall we say, towards. But um, everybody I've spoken to today you know, has just gone on about how how Van der Merwe, you know, has to make way for Josh Adams because of the the fact that he didn't score that knock on he didn't ground that knock on try. But I, I agree with you. I there was there was just a couple of times that he got the ball from a standing start uh you know with very little room to work on along the left-hand touchline from Ali Price, and he just would—they it, it would take a couple of them to take him down. He would make two meters at most, but it, it meant that they were—he was drawing people out of the game. You know, the the kind of people who, you know, after seeing that that. You know that early tackle on daily from Am. You know, you just that could have happened yeah. all day long, and it was those little annoying. Van der Merwe gets the ball, and the South Africans have to at least put two men to get him down. Gave them a little bit of leeway to start progressing down the other side. So, I I, I don't I don't get anything in his performance personally that that would. That says he's. I, I see what you're saying, Jed. Do, do we you know, do we I, think I, that Josh Adams scores? And again, you know, we're all massive fans of Josh Adams, but do we think he yeah, scores that try? Yeah. I, it wasn't like a. I don't think it was like you know Hugo Monier in 2009, where you're just like you know you'd expect wingers to to bury those chances. I thought it was. I, I didn't think it was a you know a, a stone wall, missed sitter. No, I agree. Uh, no, not no. Nor do I. I suppose, you know, can we see, could we see Josh Adams, who is, you know, a phenomenal player, but some of the bits that Van der Merwe did, could we see that happening from, from, from Josh Adams? I suppose it's slightly unfair to compare because they're different types of players, but I, I, I don't think there was, if, if he doesn't get selected, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's it, it would be, it would be really unfair on him because he, you know, and there is, Justin, as you're saying, there's a lot of people saying that, that Josh Adams comes in. But off that performance, if it is, it has to be for some other tactic mm. because he, he he couldn't have done any, any more for me, really, if it's a ta- in that if it's game. A which is, change, yeah. then if, if it's yeah. a tactical change, then Liam comes in, I, I, I think. Do you know what I mean? I think if yeah. you go, right, we want more solidity defensively, then you go for Liam. 
if you want well, uh, if I... you want an out and out winger, then you go for either Adams or Van der Merwe, and I I don't I don't necessarily see what what difference. Some that people would make. are calling for both, though, aren't they? For both Liam and uh, in place, Josh right, Adams. In place of who? In place of Hog, then. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of chat I mean, about that. Hog Hog isn't. I wouldn't say Hog was a contentious uh, selection, but would you? But because the competition is so hot in the in the back three, it's worth it's worth chucking him in as the last one. I think. Did you? How do you think that? Let's 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 save our save our powder, keep our powder dry for how were the changes we'd make. But do you think that he would be? How did you think he went, Hog? Uh, solid, if unspectacular, and uh, yeah, you know, I I don't think he was particularly. I don't think he was particularly bad. I don't think he was particularly eye-catching, which is what you know, which is what you want from, which is what you want from Hog. Dan. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Really, I thought he was, you know, he was solid enough. I, I thought that he had, he had a pretty decent game, really, considering the type of game it was, and a game with. You know, some he had he hasn't had a huge amount of games, has he? And if we look at the quality or lack of quality in the games coming up to it, I think it was always going to be quite quite difficult for him. I must admit, I had to watch the game back to see whether because there was there's there's so many comments about um, uh, Liam Williams, you know, coming in for Hog. I I, I must admit, I thought that I, I maybe missed missed some bits that Hog did. You know, some absolute howlers, or I I I, I can't see them. I, I I think he had a he had a you know, decent enough game. He was pretty solid, really, all things considered. So uh, it wasn't spectacular by any means, but it was decent enough. Well, yeah, yeah. My my main issue with with all of that isn't doesn't circle around Hog alone. But I was surprised at some of the most aimless, t- uh, which clearly, on reflection, were not aimless. But those kicks that were practically across the pitch. That looked that Larue put in and Pollard put in, which actually probably were the things that created the most chaos in in the Lions' defence. In that they couldn't get their back row across the field quick enough. And what was happening? There were there was obviously um, the outside centre, the winger, and the fullback were clustered in a fairly small space and if the ball happened to end up in Dialende's hands as it did then he only had to break one tackle to be clean through and I I know that's that's kind of that's the kind of point that's the whole point of that my worry about that was that there was no management when that happened three times Mm. maybe did it that I just thought, I just wondered whether we, the Lions were over chasing and over competing for that ball, and that, and they were, you know, they were asking too much of their back row to get across. So when you saw, say, Cow and Dickey or Curry desperately trying, it looked a bit desperate and a bit, a bit clueless almost that they weren't even on. on but you know, you can't expect them to get across the field quick enough. And I just thought, I just wondered whether, I, I'm not saying it was Hogg's fault, but I, it feels like one one of those three players needed to be 
lying a little deeper. You know, you know who this that game was calling out for, don't you? Bloody Lee Halfpenny. Well, yeah. <laughs> a, a fully functioning Lee Halfpenny. Yeah, sweep it sweep yes. read, the backfield like a, like a caretaker at a primary school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I've never I've never that thought has never crossed my mind before. Where not that I don't It has it has mine because I've presented a podcast with Dan for five years who's just who's <laughs> always met and, and to be fair, you know, has has I'm just going on. over to yeah. my shrine now. So in the in the in the corner. Oh well, Lee uh, Halfpenny, my lord. The, the Lee Halfpenny wing just, of Dan's house. He would have just been in the place to to nail, you know, Dialende would have gone, I've broken the first tackle, I'm so, oh. And half, <laughs> half, he would have phoned half penny around his ankles in, in, in a millisecond, right? And I just think, I'm not saying that's all Hogg's responsibility, but it just felt like that three, the, the outside centre and the wing and the fullback weren't quite, we're over chasing, and I think I think the Lions will get that right next week. I don't think they'll let that happen again. Yeah, and there might be a few personnel changes to to enforce that as well, which we've just about managed to keep our powder dry on that because we're going to have a look at that in the second half of the podcast. We're also going to have a look at a couple of listeners' questions. I'm pretty certain that 95% of the listeners' questions this week were, "What changes would you make for next week?" But that leads us that leads us very nicely onto everything that we've got coming up but first we're going to have this very quick break welcome to the second half of the attacking scrum lions test match special it's reaction to the first test win in cape town we've got another test in Cape Town, coming up in the strangest of Lions uh, of Lions tours. Looking ahead to next week, then I know we're, we're all des- we're all desperate to do this because it is the, the most fun part to to sit here and play selector. Um, as I say, we've had a number of questions in about this. Dan, what's the temptation for you? Keep things the same. Why change a winning formula? Or interested in a few uh, a few changes to to strengthen the to strengthen the squad. I'm, fi- I'm finding it really difficult. I'm going back and forth. Uh, immediately after the game, I, I I think I'd identified sort of three or four changes. And as sort of as the time passes, I'm finding myself almost making almost making no changes. And a Gatland, a Gatland doesn't tend to make changes, does he? If somebody has a little bit of an off game, he tends to give them another chance. You know, I think particularly in this situation where we've where we've won, but then other other times he looks at him if if there's something that he really dislikes, that can be them out and never to be seen again. You know, ever like ever. Uh, so for me, there are a couple of changes, yeah, that I would be looking at. Just before we get those, Yestin, are there changes to, to come from you as well? Yeah, definitely. All right, let's uh, let's let's get stuck into it then. Um, front row, Win Jones comes in for me. Dan, Win Jones comes in for me. Yeah, yeah, I I, I uh, echo that. Um, Ty Furlong still tight head. Yeah, he played really yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, thought he had a really good game. And then Hooker, I. 
See, this is really tricky. It's really, really tricky because I thought Ken did brilliantly off the bench. But the fact that he was so brilliant off the bench is, do you leave him on the bench? See, my temptation is that I think Cowan Dickey is so good off the bench that I'd probably have Ken starting and, and emptying the tank and then Cowan Dickey coming on to make an impact. What do you reckon, Dan? I would be going with that. I thought Ken Owens was was fantastic. I thought he made a big impact in the um, in the scrum. I thought he actually got a number of you know how good was his passing as well. Mm. He was actually you know he's actually whipping the ball away quite nicely. I so told you me, he I, was a, I told you he was <laughs> a nine at heart. Yeah, he was loving the nine, wasn't he? <laughs> lovely, lovely um, passing. No dive pass, Justin. No, but um, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe next week. He's got week, to work yeah. on his reverse pass as well, like Brendan <laughs> Williams. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he's definitely got it in his locker, isn't he? But I, um, for me, yeah, Ken Owens to start, and Cowan Dickey to come off, come off the bench. Yeah, um, second round. I, I'm, I, I'm a bit scared as well about this this selection. Um, I, I was really my the only time. You know, the, I, I was like you, Jed, I think. I wasn't really very stressed by the game generally mm. um, uh, or not kind of up there on that level that I normally would be. And But the only time I got really overwrought was when we appeared to forget uh, what, or the Lions appeared to forget what their lineup calls were and just chuck the ball well, <laughs> and nobody jumped. Yeah. And it was like, what? It was like, what happened there for three lineouts? They just completely fell apart. And that, obviously, that's not Cowan Dickey's responsibility. It was somebody, and I wondered whether Wynne Jones was the main caller normally. And they, and I thought, don't be daft. I mean, you know, there's more than one person in that team who's capable of making the calls. But, um, and I just, that, then I suddenly got all Jamie George on it and going, well, there's nobody better in the game than him. Da, da, da. And, um, but I think, I yeah, I I think it's really, I think there's no room for error at the lineout at all. The, yeah. And I think if they lose that, if they lose any momentum in the lineup battle, it it's going to be a very uphill climb. And I can't help thinking they need to change it because it seems like the South Africans are very canny on their feet. You know, they really, they can read how things are going and they might have to revise the playbook because let's face it, they had enough people they could throw up in the air. So why, why were they, why did they get found out uh, after 30 minutes yeah. and suddenly panic? The one that so the I, one that really concerned me was the one when when he threw it to Sutherland and he was clearly yeah. you know he was clearly um, was never going to be straight. It just yeah. at that point it's like it's not even about the line out not functioning. And I like the fact that you're gonna that you're gonna just try and shore things up and go right and get away with one here. But it was so clear and obvious that that thinking that thinking calmly stuff. That's not about whether you're working well as a unit. That's just about spotting what's in front of you and making the right call. And he didn't then. But like I said, you know, he bounced back and played and played very well. And he is yeah. without doubt yeah. in the form hooker on the tour. But for me, I think he can have more of an impact off the bench. Yeah, I, I'll go with Ken in in that case. Um, second row, I think we're we're all we're all sticking with. 
famously before the game, I said that I, I wanted Laws in there as a as a as a second row, and now I'm completely I, I converted to he's the best six in the world. Um, yeah. So yeah, second row, the same for you, Dan. Yeah, second row partnership went went very well. And then Laws obviously starts at six. Any other changes in the back row? Yeah, the back row. It it didn't it didn't uh, gel for it didn't quite work for me. But like Laws was Laws was fantastic, wasn't he? And you know, just really, you know, hard carries. You know, some big hits. Really, sort of, I think gave the Lions momentum when really at times we were we were going back. You know, we were in a bit of a bit of a rocky place. Conan, I thought was. Uh, you know, to use your phrase of being quite unfussy, he, he made some, you know, some solid carries. They weren't spectacular by any means, but he was quite solid. Oh, yeah, I think he got, um, he got through a lot of tackles and, and, and carries and stuff without it being hugely eye-catching. There was there was one nice, you know, there was one nice nice bit of footwork and break. But, I mean, yeah, get it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was always going to be, it was always going to be like that. But I, I felt... <sighs> I felt like something didn't quite didn't quite work, and then you know Curry gave away. He did give away some pens, didn't he? I know he's a seven, so you know, you know, there's a likelihood that you're going to give away pens. But then, can you give away pens? You know, some of these pens were soft, and and it 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 did it did I mean, lead to us being behind, you know, going behind. And I don't know whether that whether that's good well, enough. You know, both both sevens could have been yellow carded, without a doubt. So yeah. Curry. Could have been yellow carded for that soft, that cheap shot on Fafta. He could have, couldn't he? Because yeah. it, was it was an open brain, play as well. It was, it was brainless that one. And then, and likewise, you know what? How Watson didn't get oh, a card that was, that is was just was beyond a, me. Definite yellow. Um, yeah. I, I just think, yeah, I didn't think Curry had his, his best game at all. No. Um, no. But I think that the game plan, if you're going to play this, and we and presumably Gatlin is going to stick to the same game plan, you need a big seven as well as a big six and a big eight. So. I kind of think, well, you do, you do the same again because obviously Josh is very, very different, um, but Curry is just the the biggest and probably most conventionally physical. So I guess you you go the same again, seven. Yeah, I, I'd I'd go. I'd agree. I, my, I think my, you will. Yeah. yeah Sorry. My, yes. No, it's fine. And my my, this is where we need Murph to start being authoritative because we're getting a bit, you know, sort of like, yeah, we think that's it. But I, I wonder, yeah. is it madness to think of Josh, um, Josh, being on the bench instead of Watson? Because I, I really, I thought Watson needs needs just to be told to sit 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 it out. I thought it was a, I thought, I, I thought it was a really dumb play, and I thought he, I just thought he didn't really, I don't know, over trying. I don't know what it was, but I, I you know, uh, I know he's. He's a solid player, but I wonder whether putting Josh and Anne Byrne on the bench is is you know covers all covers so many places. Mm. You know, I, I think that's a great row. call. I, you know, I, I think that's a great call. And I I was mentioning to Jed off air yesterday that I actually um, started to watch late last night the Wales England game from the Six Nations just to see Navidi again and. The reason why I wanted to watch it was one to watch him up against against Curry because I thought he had a, a tough out him, but I think he's been magnificent on the tour. 
you know, as a whole. Um, but I wanted to see what his work at the his work at the breakdown because I, I we 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 were destroyed in the first half, weren't we? And he does so much to sort of just shore up the ball and then slow up their ball and his, his sort of low centre of gravity. And then the fact that he loves taking on, you know, the big boys, you know, he loves just mopping them up, holding them in. I just thought this, that first half performance, or, you know, we were really missing a Josh Navidi type character. Wales, we know it in Wales, don't we? That we're, we're not the same without him. And he loves he loves playing against the big guys. Mm. So yeah, your call of of having him having him on the bench, and then you know the whole six, seven, eight as well. I I I could really see that working working quite nicely. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean that was a concern for me with this with this side is what happens if Conan had gone off injured? Who would have gone to eight? You know, is it is it Curry? Is it Burn? Is it? Laws. I mean, what? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what we'd have done in that, in that scenario. Yeah. Uh, whereas, obviously, Josh, you would feel. I don't. I have those out of the three back row positions. I don't think eight is his best, but you also know he is an international class eight. So, I, I don't have. I don't have any problem with that at all. Toby comes in for Conan for me because Toby's Toby. But yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure Gatland will des- will will do the same thing. So what? So where do you what do you do with nine and ten? Well, ten. Uh, I mean, ten is a big one, isn't it? And uh, I think we had a, a message from Matt Cornelius that said that said what you know what do we do if if bigger uh, if bigger isn't isn't going to be fit for this? Was it well, definitely just... a HIA? Yeah, I think it was. It I, I, it was, but he did he didn't hit his. There was no head contact. Was yeah, there? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was found that very odd. He didn't even hit it on the ground when he went no. down. No, it's very strange. Or well, there was nothing that I could see anyway, Ben. But yeah, it was really, really odd. I think we need to start praying is what we need to do because we need him. All right. Oh, I mean, yeah, obviously, if he's fit, he starts. But if he's not, who starts at 10? Yes, then. <laughs> oh. Well, you can't put Marcus Smith at ten. I'm sorry. It's just, it's. I mean, I love the Cinderella story of nature of it, but you, do you I want mean, to though, Yestin? Of course oh, I come do. On. Yeah, Dan, you know me too well. It's Matthew yeah. Morgan all over again. Um, yeah, yeah. But Jeff's it's got him in. It's it's. Um, I mean, you know, Farrell obviously nailed a. Not the the decisive kick, but nailed a very important kick to make. The last, you know, I'm sure he took about two and a half minutes taking that kick as well. It felt like an eternity. I'm sure he took well past his minute, but um, but he looked. I I'm just got no confidence in Farrell at the moment. I'm I, I'm I'm hope I'm hope I'm desperately wrong. But in terms of with ball in hand, I just I just I've got absolutely no confidence that he he you know even when they played on that penalty, he just. He just dinked the ball through aimlessly, and it just felt like he, there was no purpose in his play at all. But I, I, I'm, I maybe, I maybe, you know, maybe it's just my jitters rather than than anything else. But his, um, his performances at ten at international level have been really, really poor for for you know every you know in the last however many five six times he's had that opportunity. Well, however, one of the th- one of the reasons I watched that that 
the last Lions tour was to see Farrell playing at 10 mm. and to remind myself to so I stopped being so bloody jittery. And uh, it did, you did realize he's not the player that he was on that tour. But the thing that he does have, and again, this, you know, we, we touched on it last week, is big match game mentality. You know, I never felt like he was going to miss the kick, for example. I was like, well, no. you know, he, he's more mm. than likely going to slot this. And he is incredibly mentally resilient. And, and you know, it's, he's the kind of thing that you know he'd be working hard at, um, at trying to, to, to pull things together to it. So I think you have to go for him at 10. I don't, you know, I, I'm not a massive fan of him at 10. I think he's I think he's playing out of form at the moment, but you can't pick Marcus Smith there. And uh, Finn's still on the tour, isn't he? But he's not played any, any rugby and you can only presume that he's not fit. So, or, you know, not going to be match fit to start the second test at 10. So if, if Bigger isn't fit, then there is only there is only one option, I'd say. If Finn is fit, would you pick him, Jed? Yes, but he's not. I don't think. And yeah, I, I think I, I think I would if he was if he was fully fit. Um, it's risky. I mean, they're, they're just every time you pick Finn, it's risky, isn't it? But I, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of his. And again, you know, we talk about mental resilience. Guy just doesn't like he is fearless. Whether you know he makes mistakes, but he's fearless. If he makes a mistake, it doesn't put him off throwing another massive four-man mispass, you know, which which could make or break, you know, or, or one of those little dinks over the top, uh, which is something that I... Make or break the outside centre's ribs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I probably would. But then, like, if it comes down to a tight test, I don't know, whose goal-kicking would you rather have, Owen Farrell or, or Finn Russell? Um so uh, I don't know, but like you say, I, I think it, I think bigger is so so important that I think yeah, you get the get the rosary beads out, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I wonder well, whether you. Yes. If if Finn Russell if Finn Russell is fit, could you would at would uh, Ali or uh, you know Tommy Price and Finn then you know, work, work quite nicely. It is a hell of a gamble, isn't it? But, and then potentially have, uh, you know, could you have Farrell, you know, Farrell inside him just to agree that he's not playing brilliantly, but he is that test match. Animal have you got and... a bet on Farrell at 12? Is that what this is? You're peddling an agenda hard here, Dan. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> It's the, it's the it's the test match animal thing that I I, I get it. I, it's, yeah. it. It's that presence that like, just when the players talk as well, that, you know they're they're really enjoying having him around. Like it's almost like, you know, you know, a player that isn't, you know, is coming to the end. Not not that I'm saying this is the case with him, but they're coming to the end of their time. But you still want them on the park because they're a cool head, they're level, and you just feel better when they're there. I I, I just wonder whether if we were to go down that with a different ten, whether having him in at twelve would uh, would just settle the ship a bit. And he, but um, yeah. If he was, it, 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 if he was even close to being in form, you know, you could then consider like Finn at ten and Farrell at twelve. But right now, second test, you know, I think one of the the things that functioned relatively well in the back line was Henshaw at twelve. So I don't think you want to move him. And then, you know, we'll come on to discuss the centres in a in a minute. I just, I I think Farrell either starts at ten if Bigger's injured or he's on the bench again for me. 
I don't. I don't yeah. think you. I don't think you can. Yeah. Yeah, I think Farrell would be a ten. I think that's what it. What he probably would go with. But I. I'd. It's not really me, but I'd potentially like to roll the dice at ten. With who? If if Finra if Finra if he's fit, I I I would go. Yeah. I'd go with fit. I'd go with Finn. It's a weird I'd one. Go with Finn he's still on tour. He's still he's there. Still there, so. and there's no midweek games or anything to fill. But he can't be fit because otherwise, you know, otherwise you you I don't know. I don't know. I I just there's something odd about it. I can't make my mind up whether he's whether he's he's fit or not. I he, think it'd be too much to ask for him to start anyway. You know. Maybe he's fallen out with his uh, <laughs> with his backs coach again. No. If that had, if that had happened, he'd have uh, yeah, you'd have known about it. Yeah, yeah, he's fallen out, but he's got nowhere to go because he can't leave. <laughs> so that's that is exactly what's happened. Actually, yes, has got it. Yeah, that's 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 what's happened. Gregor's gone. Gregor's um, <laughs> blank, blanking him. Yeah, he's locked in a room somewhere. Um, on on the tens though, how good? I, I from watching it back, bigger was really good. Yeah, I mean, it's really a, it's good. A, it's a damn bigger kind of game, isn't it? Like you know, yeah. it's it's. I mean, that that sounds that sounds really harsh. He, he, but you know, I I messaged I messaged you boys in the first half and said if my life depended on a on someone scoring a penalty kick, I'd want it to be Dan Bigger. And he duly missed the next one. Um, <laughs> I know. But then, yeah. Never do that again, then, I know. Then his goal kicking was good. His, You know, he, like, he's just... I, I told you, his, he doesn't feel pressure. He, get, he you know, gets his, off on um, it. From watching it back, I realised that all where we broke the line, it was from his quick hands. Mm. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. Which obviously, which obviously he's not... He's not renowned you know, for. He's not renowned for, and people don't yeah. comment on it. But, um, Jed, you've said it from from, you know... That his time over in England, that that you know his 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 passing game has been has been really really on point, and yeah, he just had lovely quick hands, which created which created space, and we we that's when we penetrated the line. So I thought, they, hang on a minute, this is this is it, this is great from him. They were so qu- his hands were so quick, they couldn't say bigger's hands. They just went quick hands, and they, yeah. they, they never gave him the, the the they never gave him the props because they couldn't because it, that's, it was it, the, the he'd been and gone and, and that's right move. yeah i i had to actually pause it yeah. to, to to just check that it was him on two occasions and it was and it was brilliant really quick so yeah fair play to him all right into the centers then for me henshaw stays i as much as i was a big advocate of of daily starting to add something different in the back line if you're going with the same tactics again personally i think you'd go chris harris Yeah, I, I, the, the, um, what, what's Dan thinking of another way to pedal Farrell at? Is there anything to be said for Farrell at 13? <laughs> <laughs> there was, I, I think you're giving him a very hard time, Jed. Uh, Again, have you that. listened to the last five years, Justin? Yeah, I have actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, it, it's interesting what you said about Henshaw sticking to 12. Because obviously the the the, the Aki B Harris debate is, you know, is uh, I I think I agree with I think Harris Harris would be my preferred option as well. You know, if you, but I can yeah. see I can see the logic of, and I, but on top of just my gut feeling because I think he's more of a 
a, a rugby player, you know, and also he is, he is, you know, his his reputation for his sort of defensive acumen in in the outside areas is is pretty established. But and Aki, but you know, Aki is thunderous. But I don't think you can run into Am and and um, and well, whoever. If I wonder if Pollard will be fit. He he looked like he tweaked. It didn't look like a dead leg, did it? I don't know. I haven't but, heard. I haven't heard anything else on that. But it's. Um, but whoever he's running into, it's not going to be. You know, he. It's whoever Aki would be targeting to run into. He'd have to be taking a very long run up. Yeah, um, I worry. I worry about Aki on the outside as well. I think again. I think a centre as classy as Am or Dialende just would fancy taking Aki on the outside. I think that he's, uh, you know, he, he's done some good. He's done some good things on tour. Yeah. But I, I think again, look, if we're if we're determined to play no discernible, attractive rugby, which seems to be the uh, which seems to be the case, then you pick a def- you pick a defensive thirteen as well, and uh, and I think Harris is the best of those. Yeah, I think you're right. Talking of that, that my again, my mate from Tonna, Claire, was just she messaged me halfway through this. Uh, Second half, just going. I'm, I'm thoroughly depressed. You know, the, the the you know you do. We do have to remember that this was, it wasn't a spawny victory, but it was that it wasn't. You know, the it it's a long way away from. News, you know, Australia, France, or, or you know, and I know that I know that South Africa dictate the way the game is played and it's in a way that that's a shame because it would be nice if the lions could dictate the pattern of play but obviously that's not going to happen and so the centers appear to be we are you know we talked about this didn't we before the tour even you know before they even selected the teams that that the centers had to be basically almost like back rowers um and you would hope that then that, that that there would be enough spark around them, pace, mobility of the back row, and the back three would be electric. That so that would help to help to get to the edges and make some and have some impact. So I would go, yeah. So you're not really going to mention Farrell as an option at thirteen, are you, Dan? No, no, I'm not. I, I'm I just going back and forth all the time with. With, with, with the backs because it didn't it didn't work but I just can't help but think that at, at times it was so close to working but it, it went so wrong if that if that makes any sense at all and I if big is fit bizarrely I would actually keep the same the same back line because yeah just watching it back there was moments where it really could it really could have worked and I think that to keep that the keep to keep the same backline as well. I almost don't think that it could go as bad as it as bad as it did again. Yet you know, yet we still won. Um yeah, just. Um so yeah, so much of it for me depends on bigger. Well yeah, I, th- really I think I think everything I think everything depends on bigger. I think he's absolutely crucial, particularly the the, the game plan we're saying. I feel like Murph got in my head last week as well. Like he we, you know, we, I, I was kind of saying, yeah, there's definitely something up our sleeve. We haven't showed our, our, 
cards yet and Murph was saying no, that you know they're not going to suddenly come out and play like the barbarians I just had this in my head and there was it was so it was so much kicking like and look, a win's a win but and I kind of think that if if there'd been fans in there and the atmosphere had been pumping and I, I probably wouldn't have cared but it did feel like a really drab game of rugby actually um, particularly for a particularly for a test but you know that aside I think that that's obviously the style of play I can't see that I can't see that changing at all so you may as well for me you go for a defensive 13 and then I wonder about the I wonder about the um the back three you know again South Africa aren't going to suddenly start slinging the ball around are they they're going to try and do the same again and do it better so that kicking game again comes into comes into play any changes in the back three for you Dan? I mean, you've, yeah. I mean, you, you've just said you wanted to keep the back line the same, but um, you've also yeah, said I'm, you're going I'm, back and forth. I wonder if you had a change of heart in the last ninety seconds. Yeah, I'm te- I am tempted with 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 Liam Williams of fifteen. I really am, um, and switch um, you know switch hog switch hog to the bench, but I just think hog. I don't think he did anything. I don't know. I think I think there's going to be some changes ta- tactically that Gatland will make, but I'm I'm no. I'm going to stick with uh, I'm going to stick with it. Yes, then what, what would you do in the back three? Yeah, I'm definitely picking Liam. And I, again, it's not because Hogs Hog had a poor game, but I, just that back three thing that I was talking about. Just just the cohesive defensive cohesiveness of the back three. Watson did provide some twinkle-toed magic, didn't he? Uh, there was one run from his own 22 that you just thought, oh, I wish oh, you I could... Desperate. I was desperate for a bit more of that and just thought, you know, oh, one of those so... who light up the game would have just... He is he is a thing of poetic motion, isn't yeah. he? Really is mm. when he's moving. It's a thing of rare beauty. Um, but I wouldn't... I wouldn't... So I wouldn't change Watson and I wouldn't change uh, Van der Merver either. And I'd pick... Um, yeah, I'd 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 be there with Liam at Liam at fifteen, mm. and I might even just for the sake of being bloody-minded and possibly yielding to the social media outcry, put Josh on the bench and then switch Watson to fifteen if need be or whatever, um, you know, rather than Hog. Yeah, I don't know. It's um. It's a really, it's a really tricky one because I kind of just think, you know, what, how are we, how are we going to win the, t- how are we going to win the test, and what's the, what are those big areas of the game where it's going to get decided? Um, you know, I just think Liam, I just think Liam's a better sweeper. That's yeah. that's all. I don't. Th- it's not to do with Liam picking the ball up on his five yard line and running through the defence. You know, um, it's it's about. I just think I just I just have that feeling he's a better sweeper. He does read he does read those situations well, doesn't he? And he's also aerially the the best, isn't he? I mean, Which... he, he's he's also has a mistake in him or a slight yeah thing to the you know he's not he's not averse to a card or a or a error of or judgment a yeah. error of judgment going for the ball on the ground, but uh, yeah. That's what I'm going for. What about you, Jed? 
Yeah, look, I think I think the argument you've made makes sense. If we were doing this as a selection panel as we did last week, I think you'd you'd probably go Liam Liam at fullback. I think you made pretty compelling arguments for that. I I'm a massive fan of Stuart Hogg. I really I really like him. Like I say, I think that was a bit of a solid if unspectacular performance. I was kind of hoping that again there would be. It, it felt like he slipped a lot as well, and um, I don't know if I'm just you know that's me misremembering it, but. I was kind of just hoping for one of those one of those Stuart Hogg breaks, a bit like you said with Anthony Watson, just that that bit of magic. Obviously, Liam's got that in him as well, and but I was kind of just really hoping for a bit more of a bit more of that, um, yeah, just magic from uh, from Hogg, and it didn't it didn't it didn't quite come again. Not necessarily through any fault of his own, but I'd have, I'd have no problems with I. I I'm I'm never gonna have a problem with Liam Williams getting picked with a 15 on his back because he's a you know he's just a uh, an out and out top class performer so I, I I get the point about that that kind of sweeping up and that might tidy things up and as we know in those big games when people try and aerially bombard you see the England game in 2019 you know we all know what he's like but even in the in the biggest games he does it and 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 well and truly backs himself to do it so I, I don't have a problem with it before the um before the games the the, the team was announced I had I had Liam Williams at 15. I think he's a, I do think he's a, in my eyes, he's a better fullback than Hogg and he does have less. I just less. think they're different. I just think they're very different. Yeah. I, I, I think like positionally, I, I think there's overall less mistakes. It's close, but I think there's slightly less mistakes, but I just wonder whether from a managerial perspective, now that he's gone with Hogg in that back at 15, whether you know South Africa aren't going to change the game at all. They're just not. They're going to do exactly the same, but try and cut out the mistakes. And that's what it's going to be, isn't it? They're going to try and be a lot more accurate, cut out the penalties. They'll hopefully be that much fitter because they've gone through a full 80 at a high intensity. And because of that, I wonder whether the coaches can really work on, you know, getting better at what they got, what they got wrong. I don't know whether, I don't know whether that will be the case, but I wonder whether there's anything in that because South Africa do ultimately stick so much to the, to the same game plan. Whereas other sides, you know, England would mix it up, for instance, wouldn't they? France, almost every other side would go, right, we can switch it, but they don't, do they? It's just right. Bang. Same thing again, but better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, I think you're right. This South Africa's game plan. That's the only way, that's the only way they play. Uh, I might question whether England under Eddie Jones have another way of playing. Um, it's almost just like South Africa, but you know, we're, but not quite as effective at the moment. Anyway, um, so I, yeah, I think I expect the same again. Is Liam better suited to fielding that than Stuart Hogg? Probably. I think he. I think I do think he's a class act. But the way he's used with Scotland is is almost like a second playmaker as well, isn't it? So you you have him drifting in, but we're not we're not going to play that. I, I don't think. I, I can't see us. You know. I can't see him ever getting the ball at first receiver or getting a switch back from Dan Bigger. We just—it's just going to be much more direct than that. So, with that in mind, I think it probably makes sense to go with Liam. Would you change the bench at all? Uh, so, what have we said? So, Cowan Dickey would drop down there. I thought Mako was excellent off the bench. Uh, I thought Carl Sinclair was excellent off the bench, mm. and. So nothing there. Then you, what if you got Burn? I think you leave Burn. Navidi, like we've said, I think I could see that being a, a good argument. Yep. And then Murray, presuming biggest fit, Farrell. 
and then that 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 twenty three shirt, I suppose, is the only one. Yestin's keen on Josh Adams, Dan. I'd be more tempted to have Daly down there, actually. That's a good shout. Again, covers almost everywhere, and I just think that it then. But Dan gives... has kept Dan's kept um, Daly in the team anyway, but. Yeah, if 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 Daly doesn't start, which I could well imagine, then I would yeah, I'd switch him to the to the to the bench and then he covers well almost everywhere, doesn't he? Mm. Um but if 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 the team stays the same, my change would be um Navidi for Watson, yeah. Yeah. What are, just to just to wrap up then, fellas, what are we what are we feeling about next week in terms of uh in terms of prediction? What do you think do you think this is it? Gatlin going to go out get the get the job done, or uh, are we are we thinking this is going to go to a to a three test, you know, to a to a deciding third? Yes, Cindy, you want to take that? <laughs> I can I, I can almost see the cogs in Dan's brain just like doing overtime. You know what? Yeah, I quite like it to go to the third test because if we're not going to see any thrilling. If we're not, if it, it, I mean, this is if if we're looking at an arm wrestle, let's just have let's let's have a let's have an arm wrestle that we're biting our fingernails, you know, to the quick, you know, right right up until the last minute of the of the third test. That's what I'm thinking. Come Pure on, drama. That's, that's the ent- that's the ent- If you can't give us, if you can't give us <laughs> eighteen tries a game. Um, Give us at least give us give us a heart attack or two along the way. Give us something to be you know to be excited about the outcome. Rugby so, version of Sylvester Stallone's arm wrestling classic, Over the Top. <laughs> wow, that's, that's good. That's what knowledge. that's what we're after. That that <laughs> that is not on my radar, Jed. Oh, so you've, that's... Yeah, that's the rest of your evening taken care of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right. I didn't know he went. I'm surprised that the arm wrestling film didn't eclipse Rambo, but, um, you know, <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. I'm, um, that's what I'm going for. I think, I think they'll come back. I, I, I don't, I, I, in all honesty, I can see, I can see the Lions winning the second test, but I, there's a little bit of me that thinks it would be nice to go to a third with the, with the, with the, with it all in the balance, as long as there aren't too many Lions injuries in the process. Dan, any clearer? I guess it's a it's a it's a hope, really. I, I you mentioned it, Jed, that you didn't feel as if it felt like the Lions were really comfortable during the game, despite it being, you know, strangely, the Lions could have lost. Mm. You know, but it did feel like I, I get. I to, I had that feeling as well. That the Lions felt it felt comfortable, didn't it? Um, so I actually think the Lions, you you know, the Lions can get the win, and I I really would like us to do that because I don't know whether Gatlin would do it, but if that was the case, that third test, I would love it to be like an you know. All, all, all Matthew Morgans in the backs for you, for, 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 for you and Justin, and, and I'm with you as well. But like, just to see whether what what, what could really happen with like a you know a super um, expansive and open back line 
where there's all sorts of trickery and and you know maybe it would maybe it'd be a 50, 50 points to SA. Who with, knows? But, but but with Owen Farrell at twelve. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Just just for all the tricks. Um, and then you go, bloody! I didn't know he had that in his locker. No, but um, that's what I. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love the Lions to go out there and really, really take it to them physically, like we did in the second half, where they couldn't. I didn't. I felt like they were they were clinging on, but 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 to have that from the start. I th- I think that the Lions have made their have kind of made their mistake in that first half, and I don't think they'll come out as poorly next week. And I think with that in mind, I just still don't see South Africa finishing stronger than they have done so far. They look. I don't know whether it's the COVID disruption. I don't know whether it's the the two years of not playing together and and you know not having being perhaps quite as as cohesive. I mean, South Africa have, I would say, more world-class players than the Lions do. And that's often, I think that can be that can be telling. But at the same time, they I don't know, for me, they're, they're just finishing games so badly. If you look at, at the South Africa A game and against that one, if that if that carries on and the Lions are you know, even six points down at halftime, I can see them finishing the game much, much stronger. Something just doesn't quite seem right with the box um with the box second halves at the moment. And, you know, obviously the the kicking game that that the Lions played, keeping the ball on field, very reminiscent of Wales under Gatland. Tie them out, we'll beat them in the last twenty. And they did. And I just think that start a bit stronger and, and I think the Lions will be will be too strong. So I'm I am going for a I am going for a Lions victory. Um, it was interesting. Warburton said something about um, just the fact that um, he thinks that there's. I think it was Warburton said it that that there are international captains on the Lions bench, and there isn't a better Lions bench on any given. You know, there isn't another international team that can cope with. A Lions bench, and so therefore he wasn't stressed about this, the the bomb squad or anything. And uh, he might have actually been quoting Ronan O'Gara, um, but it, it, that's quite an interesting thought that I hadn't had because obviously we'd we'd managed. I think Murph has got a lot to answer for, don't you? Like you know, talking <laughs> about all these gigantic second rows that were that you know we've never even heard of that you know that that are going to lumber into view. Um, that that sort of that makes you think that not just about fitness but about strength and depth as well in terms of coming on and that perhaps we'd 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 mythologized the south african bench uh a little bit too much i mean certainly you know you see yanchi's coming the uh, yanchi's yeah. or Willems are coming on you're not going uh oh, here we go. You know, not not in the way that you would do it with the All Blacks, for example. No, exa- mm. yeah, exactly. You go back four years ago, and whoever it was, I don't know, was it Moanga? Maybe coming off the coming off the bench, or or maybe even he was starting. I can't remember. But either way, it's just whatever they've got on the bench. You know, there are particularly at halfback, there are there are match winners there. We were fixated about the monstrous pack coming on. Yeah, but, but yeah, you're right. You know. Elton Yankees, Jankies, however you, you say it, isn't he's always he's always struggled at international level. That is definitely the weak link in in South Africa's uh in South Africa's squad. So but yeah, the Lions bench it, we, whichever one of those benches we've mentioned, the one that played last week, 
they're all really, really strong. And I think that that's, that's going to be a big, big concern for Razi Erasmus in the week. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Um, it's all it's all settled then. Um, a big thank you, as always, to everyone for listening. Thank you to you, Dan, for uh, not only joining us but also bringing the positive vibes and the Owen Farrell fan club. Uh, a thank you to uh, a thank you, as always, to Yestin, and finally a thank you to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, then make sure you head over to SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk to do that uh, if you've enjoyed this episode or indeed any of the uh, the episodes we've done over the lines please leave us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts uh does uh, just help us uh help us get a bit more a bit more easily d- discovered by fellow like-minded rugby fans who like listening to us prattle on about it so uh, yeah really appreciate it if you do that but we'll be back to chat rugby with you next week thanks for listening Podcast Network.